0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Rock Bottom Podcast. Such an honor to have you here.
1: (laughs) I'm very flattered. Thank
0: you. Let me name drop a little to start with. Before Def Leppard, you played with Dio and Whitesnake. That's quite an impressive Mm. list of of bands. Mm. How would you say your style of playing has developed with these different bands?
1: Oh boy. Well, obviously the Dio thing, you know, it was very classic, old school heavy metal, hard rock, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, Whitesnake tended to have a bit more of a blues, I want to say, an influence with blues, because obviously when Whitesnake first started, it was a, a very blues-based band. Um, and Def Leopard's very pop. Yeah. You know? so, and in between, there's been a few other things. Like I, I started with Sweet Savage, who were, you uh-huh. know we, we sounded a lot like Metallica. We were like a, mm-hmm. a speed mm-hmm. metal band. And, and in between, I've also done uh, records with River Dogs and Lou Graham and... You know, so I, I have touched on all these different um, elements of, of rock music, and but I, I kind of started. I, I would go back to my my original roots. My first guitar hero was Rory Gallagher,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, who actually has a son in Sweden? Really, I yeah, did not. Yeah, wow. he's an amazing guitar player. I, I would, I would hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: it's in his DNA. Um, so, you know, I think that that under all of it. I still have that element. Like even when I was playing with Dio and with Sweet Savage, when I was doing the much more intense, more mm-hmm. aggressive rock music, mm-hmm. there was always uh, that that sort of blues element. And, I, and I'm a huge pop fan. Like mm-hmm. I love Crowded House are one of my favorite bands. Neil Finn is my hero. You know, so it's I, I have this melody thing, which which is why I think. Um, I, I fit so comfortably with Def Leppard, you know, yeah. because the, the emphasis on Def Leppard is about the melody in the song and our vocals in particular. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's fair to say that the real challenge uh, for all of us in Def Leppard is to be able to play our instruments and to sing the way that we do, you know, in every single song. Um, so, I, you know, to me, I always make the simple equation music is like food. I love Indian food, but I wouldn't want to eat it every day, you know, so it's nice <laughs> to have variety, yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it's wonderful. I'm very, very fortunate that I, I got to play with so many great musicians and bands in my career, and I got to experience all these different influences yeah. and, and work with so many talented people, you know, singers in particular, like, you know, go back to Ronnie Dio and David Coverdale, Joe Elliott, and Rob Lamoth from River Dogs, and Andrew Freeman from Last in Line, and so on and so forth, yeah. Lou Graham, yeah. you know, it's just, I... I've always tried to learn something along the way, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to try and grow as a musician. Uh,
0: but where would you say the Viv Campbell ID, what is that as a guitar player? Is I that the bluesy roots I, and I, the I, melodies? Think I,
1: I, I think I'm naturally a very, very aggressive guitar player, even mm-hmm. when I'm playing something very melodic. yeah, I really attack my instrument Uh Um, and I think that goes back to my first guitar heroes Rory Gallagher and Gary Moore who are the two guitar players I learned the most from and both of them play with a very heavy right hand like they really lean into the instrument a lot of pinch harmonics a lot of palm muting from Gary Moore in particular so so I think that whatever whatever it is I'm playing I bring a real commitment I hope a commitment to it but I certainly bring an aggression to it and I also do try and bring a commitment even when I'm playing something really melodic and really simple with Def Leppard I still I'm trying to for myself if nothing else I'm trying to nuance my performance and try to just make it that Fractional bit better than it was from the night before, and I know that nobody knows except me, or or cares except me, but it matters to me. It matters to you. Yeah. That's what. Um, I mean.
0: You've been with the band now since ninety two.
1: Twenty seven years. Yeah. Oh my god.
0: Um, How have you managed to stay together as a band? Not only you know without killing each other, mm -hmm. which sometimes you want to do before even the nightliner has left. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Not only as that, but I mean, you seem to be hungry as musicians and, and songwriters still, Yeah. how have you what kind of energy are you feeling from
1: well, uh, there's always been great ambition in, in Def Leppard I yes. will say first and foremost that having played with so many bands and having been fortunate to be a part of so many great bands prior to being in Def Leppard um,
0: might not be just fortunate might just be a <laughs> bit of talent there too well, but there's, <laughs> there's
1: certainly an element of luck involved, but but I, I, I gotta say that there is no other band on the planet like Def Leppard you know what, what we do in Leopard is absolutely unique. Um, everything about this band I noticed from the first I first time I ever played with the band and and got to meet the guys because Joe was the only guy I knew. I knew Joe
2: mm-hmm.
1: not so much musically but, but socially we knew each other oh, back okay. in Ireland. He Joe's lived in Dublin for many years. Oh. I'm from Belfast, so we we would uh, go to dinner together and go for drinks together, play soccer on the weekend and stuff. so. so You know, about a year after Steve had passed away, Joe called and asked if I'd like to meet the guys and and maybe audition for the band. So um, the very first time I met the other guys and played with them in a rehearsal room in Los Angeles, I knew that it was a very different experience. And everything about the band, every facet of what it is we do, is is very, very different from any other band on the planet. There's there's an an incredible work ethic within Def Leppard, uh, an incredible ambition, and desire to be one of the biggest bands ever. How does
0: that manifest? I mean, how, how we all have
1: our different roles that we play within the band. I mean, and they, certainly some of them overlap, but uh, there's just this ambition. I remember back then, 27 years ago, after I'd played a few times with the band and, and I'd finally realized that, that I was going to be part of Def Leppard. Joe sat me down and he he told me about his ambition for Def Leppard. And when you think about you know how the band started Leopard you know they they collected some money did their own single sent it to John Peel got played on Radio 1 mm-hmm. got Jeff Barton to write a review for Sounds and Kerrang, and so on so they really had that ambition and Joe in particular from right back then and so Joe said to me he said I really want Def Leopard in decades come So said I want Def Leopard to be one of the great British rock institutions like Queen like The Who like The Rolling Stones he said, I want Def Leopard to be up there with that and to his credit i gotta say that that everything that this band does it's very deliberate you know there's always like is this the right career move for us is this the right record for us to put out at this time is this the right festival for us to be playing at this moment and and it's worked i I, in the last couple of years our numbers uh have grown and grown i mean around the world especially in north america which is our biggest market you know we're playing to 40 percent of our audience are young enough to be our children so we've we've crossed that generational thing we're no longer just a rock band like a hard rock band you know even the musical ambition of def leppard goes way beyond the scope of any other hard rock band on the planet because we really do meld those different influences of of pop music and melody um to, to hard rock the hard rock sensibility you know mm-hmm. it, it really is as Sav has always said it's like ACDC meets Queen you know and then yeah. some and, and like even, <laughs> even going on and we all individually have different um, musical uh, I wouldn't say ambitions but different musical tastes you know like Phil is really into modern music and a lot of urban and rap music as well as rock obviously but uh, and I as I mentioned I'm really into pop and organic music and, and melody and vocalists and stuff like that as well as guitar players and rock in general and so you know we, we all have these different things that we bring in and Joe is probably the biggest music fan I've ever met in my entire life I mean he's just an encyclopedia of music and he's, he's such a passionate fan about music he knows everything about it so there's, it's just a unique collection of people, and, and we all bring these different flavors and elements. And we all share this one common goal of making Def Leppard a legendary band. You mm-hmm. know, even even years after we're gone, we want people to. Obviously, it's, it's about the music. It's not about the people. And that's the other thing I think that I, I really noticed when I first joined this band is that we have a in Def Leppard we have a collective ego, not five individual egos. We we all.
0: Uh, but how do you do that?
1: Because we all realize that the music is more important mm. than, than any of us individually, and that our strength is together and with the music we make together. And, you know, if, if Joe were to leave and go solo tomorrow, the Joe Elliott band, they, they would do well, but mm. it wouldn't be like Def Leppard. Yeah, you know, and it would be the same for any of us. You know, so we all realize that the most important thing is to build this huge catalog this body of work and mm-hmm. and to make it as, as good as it can be. Like I said, the work ethic is unbelievable. You know when we go into the studio to write a song, good is never good enough for Def Leppard, We're always trying to reinvent the wheel. Do you really,
2: really wanna do this now? Do you really, really Do you really, really wanna do this now? Do you really, really wanna do this? The heat goes up as the lights go down. The
0: Show. How did that come
1: about? Well, we've done it before. We did, for the first and only time uh, in 2013, we did the Hysteria album mm-hmm. in sequence. And we built up a show around that. And it was very, very successful. It was a lot of fun. And so we've been invited back to a different venue in Vegas. Uh, and obviously it's going to have to be a different show. And I wish I could tell you what the show was going to be, but I honestly don't know. <laughs> we we have yet to determine what it's going to be. But we know that we need to start rehearsing some more obscure When is the premiere? I think it's August 14th, is the first show, I believe. Okay. So we we better
0: get cracking. We we better get on, yeah. (laughs) I know. So, what would you say are your defining moments, not only as a musician, but as a person? I mean, I follow you on social media, and uh, I've noticed you have quite a lot of of outside interest from the band. Yeah. Like uh, uh, rock stars do. That your, <laughs> your dog yeah, Instagram account yeah. you have to follow Rockstar Stew yeah. I love that account well
1: yeah he, he's a cute little dog and he does go on tour with us in North America the whole time oh. he travels well he's the right size he's got a great temperament he makes people he's happy he's a rescue he's from a like, rescue dog yeah he, yeah he was going to be put down and so he's
0: like from a kill shelter yes correct and,
1: and my wife found him online it was a Sunday morning and she said to me we have to go today and rescue this dog otherwise they're going to put him down so we went and we uh, we we only took him as a foster dog we weren't mm-hmm. planning to keep him but within a few days we realized that he was <laughs> he was an exceptional animal and and he's been wonderful for for my wife and i and and for for the whole tour when he comes on tour uh it's a better atmosphere when there's a dog around yeah. there's a dog energy and yeah. everyone loves it you know yeah. so so that's a good thing so t- uh, stu always tours with us in america and then of course He's got his Instagram account, Rockstar Stew, and that. You also
0: have some charity that you're involved with for se- rescue dogs.
1: Yeah, yes, several uh, in Los Angeles, uh, a couple of different animal shelters that we try and raise money for, on occasion, and um, so that you know, I, I my wife especially is, is a big big dog lover. I I love having Stew. Um, you love your wife, you I love do love my wife. <laughs> Uh, and it's great. I mean, I, I'm glad that, that she is who she is. So uh, my other interests. I'm really into cars. I'm really into driving. Um, you say defining moments of my yeah. life. Being a parent is, is a lot. I me. Mean, those that I would say is my biggest achievement. You know, it's better than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Better than million you, selling when albums when did you get invited to rock album? just uh, it's in, quite in, in March yeah Def Leppard got into the rock it took some hyphen. time it did take some <laughs> time but, but, you I know, might say it's all good yeah. but yeah my, my children being being a good parent is, is my greatest achievement mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I'm a good parent I'm not always there because I'm traveling but uh, you know I I do what I can and, and I think that that's, that's what the world needs more of is good parenting you know because to raise good people so yeah. that A lot of the bad shit doesn't
2: happen, you know? (laughs) On the
0: other hand, for someone who hasn't lived with other than musicians all my life, you are gone quite a lot. But then again, when you're home, you're home quite a long stretch. and You get to take part of the children's, uh, I mean, daily life more than maybe a guy that's, you know, working in an office. Mm -hmm. So I think it can be a positive thing I
1: I do think it is. It, It really, for me especially, I mean, it really makes me realize how important it is to me. So when I am home, I I devote all my time to my family. Mm -hmm. That's the important thing. Um, What about your
0: defining moments as a musician?
1: um, There's been a lot, you know, I I don't tend to dwell on them. I really kind of look, I like to look forward in life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I still, as I said earlier, I'm still trying to, every time I go on stage with a guitar, I'm trying to be a better guitar player. Even if I'm not playing anything that's challenging me a lot, I can still play it better. You know, um, so I am a Virgo, and, and so for me, I'm always seeking perfection. I suppose you know, and, oh. and that's, that's been difficult for me because I, I the intellectual side of me realizes that I you can never be perfect. It's, it's it's an art form and a live performance is never going to be 100%, so I should never try to strive for it. So, so it's always trying to find that balance to just go out there and, and try and find a peaceful spot in my soul to where I, I can still be trying to push myself but still let the music come through me. Um, and I I been very fortunate in my life that all I ever wanted to do since I was about nine years of age, i, I saw Mark Bolan and T Rex on television one Thursday night in Top of the Pops. And that was an epiphany for me. I wanted to do that. That was my life. I wanted to grow my hair. Do you remember air. the song? Uh, I don't actually. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was Ride a White Swan or Bang a I can't remember. Uh, I just I was so taken in by the whole thing. But uh I, I've been really fortunate this is all I've done with yeah. my life and like I said I've, I've played with so many great bands so um, it, it's life has been good that way you know but I, I don't I need to stop and think about career highlights you know uh-huh. certain nights or whatever but I I uh, I've been fortunate to have a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Are you still thankful? Like every oh, morning you wake absolutely. up. Absolutely. You know, i like, like, like doing this. I'm a
1: cancer survivor, so I'm every day I'm yeah. thankful. Like I wake up and it's just like, hey, I'm still breathing, you know. <laughs> so, um, but I'd like to think that even before the whole cancer thing, you know, I, I always had that sort of an attitude. My glass was always half full, you know. But but when you go through a cancer thing, I really think it makes you. Yeah, well, me re- too, really. so okay. I know it's yeah, so important. We know life is short and you got to just yeah. know, live. it. I'm inside. saying
0: that a comet, you can get hit by a comet tomorrow. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. So I'm just going to have a good time every night. There you go, that works for me too. In moderation.
1: <laughs> Except moderation.
0: <laughs> Last, um, we have this, uh, in every episode, we ask our guests about a cringe song. And the cringe song is something that you're not particular proud of to listen to mm. and you wouldn't tell like a, a really cool magazine about it. But this is rock bottom so you you can spill the beans here. What's your cringe song? It can be something from childhood or something, oh, a commercial so commercial gets stuck in your head. So it's
1: not not necessarily one of no. my songs. Okay. No, gotcha. but
0: something that your okay. fans will go, shit, does candle really listen to that? Well. <laughs>
1: Do I listen to it or do I not listen? Do I not want to listen to it? So, so is it one of my favorites or one of my least favorites? What are well, we looking for here? Well,
0: your favorite, you? but something that would surprise your fans and something that's a little guilty pleasure for you. Well, like I said, I
1: mean, Crowded House, I, I love pop music, you know? I love mm-hmm. Neil Finn's melodies. I think he's the modern-day McCartney and Lennon all in oh. one. And, um, so I think a lot of people expect, because I'm a guitar player, in all these multiple hard rock yeah. bands over my career I think a lot of people expect that that's what I listen to I Probably. get up get up in the morning and I listen to hard <laughs> rock and that's not true to be honest I don't listen to music very much at all mm-hmm. um I don't like to cheapen the experience and I think that this is one of the things that has happened to music in recent years because of the age of the internet and satellite and cable television and cell phones. There's so much distraction that, that people music doesn't mean what it used to mean when I was growing up it was like, like a religion when you had to go find an album and yeah. go through the racks on a Saturday afternoon and, and sometimes I hold was, the sleeve ho, hold we'll the yeah. to and, and so. many times I would buy a record based upon the sleeve if uh-huh. the sleeve was really cool I'd say oh I've got to check this out and I'd listen to it and if I liked it I'd buy it so um, I think uh, it, it's different now. I think a lot of people treat music as wallpaper just mm-hmm. like it's background yeah. and, and I, I never want to do that I don't listen to the radio in the car um, when I listen to music, I like to put on headphones and I like to listen to an album from start to finish. And I like in bed, like when it's dark. And I, I just want to immerse myself. I want to wrap myself yeah. in the music. I want to feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it to just be on while I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And I know a lot of musicians can do that. Like like Joe is constantly listening to music. Even if he's doing something, he's always got music on and, and many different varieties. But for me, I I want to immerse myself in it when I listen to it you know other than that I, I don't think that I'm really doing it a, a service so no uh, cringe song no cringe song but, <laughs> but I also I like I like so many different kinds of music in the morning I would like to listen to Baroque classical music uh-huh. in the evening I'd like to listen to Ella Fitzgerald you know it's Ray Charles but I still want rock I still want guitar you know like Jeff Beck I think is the greatest living rock guitar player mm-hmm. I listen to some Jeff Beck which at times I can find equally inspiring and deflating because he's so good you know so, so i'm not sure why i listen to that um but but music you know it's, like i said it's like food there's all these different varieties and it, it's nice to to have a varied diet you know? mm-hmm.
0: thank you so much yeah my pleasure and all the best to you great thanks
2: out of the question. Send me-